2: Fogarty's Keyboard Master drops by before launching another world tour. A rising British pop star comes in from London to chat with us. Plus, a surprise guest with some behind-the-scenes secrets of the music industry. It's all right here on Music Friday Live. Don't go away. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America. It's Music Friday Live brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heppernan. Music Friday Live is your show. Our guests are here to talk with you, so call in at three four seven two one five seventy-four eleven. That's three four seven two one five seventy-four eleven. Or, you know, if you're sitting there at work and you got your earphones on and you can't really make a phone call and you aren't really paying attention to that PowerPoint on your screen, you can email us. Music live at Gmail dot com. Music Friday Live at Gmail dot com. Well we have a surprise guest and uh here he is. This is John Hatch from I Standard. He's going to join us for a few minutes to give us a behind the scenes look at the producer artist mating dance. John, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? I, we can hear you quite well, and thank you very much for for being here. Uh, I, I I loved being at your event uh, Monday night in Los Angeles. Briefly, why don't you tell our audience what iStandard is and what you do?
3: Sure, uh, iStandard is a, uh, a live producer event across the country. We do about eighty events a year, uh, thirty-five plus markets for music producers and songwriters, and we just try to find the most talented people in each city and put them in front of you know, and being privileged. Panel of industry executives that give them great feedback, and uh, you know, we try to connect the
2: industry with the new music producer, really. Well, and you've been doing this for a few years now, haven't you?
3: Yeah, this is uh, we're going into our 11th year in 2016. Uh, We also have this Beat Camp program, which is a large uh, weekend of you know, just your favorite producers coming out teaching you how to get better at your craft uh, at the SAEs across the country. So that's also something we do along along lines of the actual showcase itself. So we do quite a bit for the producer community.
2: Well, you know, I was talking to producers at the at the event Monday night, and, and they said that Ice Standard is kind of a, a music family, sort of a national music family. So con, congratulations on doing that. Um, now, Thank you. Now, I, I saw rap artists Monday. Do, do you only work with rappers and hip-hop bands, or are you broader than that?
3: Oh, Very broad. Um, there was also a uh, pop artist named Poison Ivy that performed as well during the halftime, an R&B artist named Chocolate that also performed. So most of our producers are in the urban market, but they're also very pop, top 40, um, you know, R&B and hip-hop as well. So we cover quite a spectrum of producers and writers.
2: Well, as I said at the, at the beginning of the show, uh, L.A. is the music capital of the country. So I guess you're going to be doing more events here in Los Angeles. Is that right?
3: Yeah, we do about five or six a year, and I also manage a producer by the name of Focus, who just did six records on Dr. Dre's new album. So we're in L.A. quite a bit uh, due to him and just our workload in general. So love L.A.,
2: love the energy out there, and it's definitely a great place for music uh, connections. Well, we love, uh, we love it when you're here. Now, how do bands and producers and other people from the industry get involved? Well, they could do one of two things.
3: So they could actually first follow us on our social media's uh, @iStandard. That's the letter I Standard on both Instagram and Twitter. And they can go to our website IStandardproducers.com, Com and check out our uh, our blog as well as our calendar of events and just other different stuff that you can kind of absorb that will let you know about our our entire spectrum what we do as a as a coalition.
2: Now, it, when when uh, bands want to get involved in this, is is there a fee for for people to uh, to be on your your uh, your events? Yeah, there is
3: a fee. They do get some tickets to sell or give away to their friends. Uh, it's basically an investment. You know, it took us eleven years to get to where we are, so we share our relationships with people that come out to the event. So it's just like any other investment you want to make in your career. Uh, but you know, we, we have results. We've uh, we placed so many records with many major label artists. Um, we had a lot of success to our
2: show, or else we wouldn't be doing it for 11 years. So uh, we're, we're kind of like the
3: Cadillac of events, I guess you could say.
2: Can you, uh, can you name some of the artists who have uh, emerged from iStandard?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, S1, uh, who produced Kanye West's Tower, is six records on Madonna's latest album. You know, he's got three Grammys now. Uh, he won his first showcase of us after losing four. Uh, Cardiac, who also received a Grammy on Eminem's new album, and uh, phases and frequency also who got is through uh and new album as well as Rihanna's last album. So there's quite a few producers that have kinda of come up, you know, build relationships, been in the right place at the right time and along with their talent and their networking capacity have really been able to build relationships to I guess extend them, you know, throughout the music industry. Well
2: well that is a uh, a spectacular record and I'm, I'm I'm really glad you're here and I'm really glad I, I uh found out about it and thank you so much for for having me at the event here in Los Angeles and I, I look forward to going for, to, for more, uh, which reminds me, I should ask you, is there a, um, an email list that people can join so they they know about your upcoming events?
3: Yeah, if they go to istandardproducers.com there's actually an email list you can join but I definitely suggest following us on one of our social networks just because there's so much other information that also goes out and may not go out through an email blast. We, we communicate quite a bit through our social media uh, to people and engage with our fans, so if you follow us on the i Standard on either Instagram or Twitter, you'll see quite a bit of information come through about events, uh, tips, you know, special entertainment information. It's pretty thorough.
2: Okay. All right. Well, uh, I want everybody out there who's really interested in music, and, of course, you wouldn't be listening to this show if you weren't interested in music, to to check out I-Standard. And when there's an event in your city, um, they're in 35 cities, so one will be in your city, uh, go because it's it's a lot of fun you'll get to see a lot of new talent you'll get to rub shoulders with people from the industry and uh, maybe you can join this this great national family john thank you so much for being here i really appreciate you taking the time from what i know is a a pretty busy day
3: (laughs) no problem thank you for having me sir i appreciate you coming out to the event appreciate you focusing on us
2: during the show all right bye-bye now we have to take a break now we have, to, we have to take a break now. And when we return, um, Bob Malone, keyboard player extraordinary, is going to be with us. So don't go away. We're going to be right back.
4: Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net.
2: Well, we are tracking Bob Malone down. He's in Texas right now. In fact, he's just uh, he just announced two new shows, so... It's gonna take us a minute or two to track them down. Right? <laughs> While well, we talked to them this morning, but in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm gonna give you a little sample of the uh, the Bob Malone music that uh, you're gonna hear. Don't go away. This is Bob Malone's "Don't Threaten Me." A little good time. That was just a little sample of uh, the kind of blues that uh, Bob Malone delivers. And you know what? He's with us now. But first of all, let me just introduce him a little bit. Bob Malone is a perpetual motion machine. He does an average of 100 solo shows a year. He tours and records with John Fogarty. Uh, With the Fogarty Band, he's provided music to TV shows like Dr. Phil and Rachel Ray. He's been on TV himself. With the Fogarty Band, he shared stages with rock and blues legends like Bruce Springsteen, Jimmy Buffett, Ricky Lee Jones. He's recorded seven albums and recently released his eighth, Mojo Deluxe. And he still has enough energy to talk with us on Music Friday Live. I'm exhausted just introducing him, but I'm very happy and very proud to be able to say the words, Bob Malone, welcome to Music Friday Live.
3: Good to be here.
2: Well, Bob, before we get too far afield, let's talk about the new album. Now, you, you I understand that you released it first in, in the United Kingdom, is that correct?
4: Uh, I, re- I released an EP in the U.K. last year, which is basically half of this record.
2: So okay. the whole it, thing's
4: just coming out now,
2: yeah. Um, it's, it's now uh, uh, available on your website here and um, uh, worldwide, is that correct?
4: Everywhere, yeah. Stores. Good iTunes, Amazon, streaming, however you like it.
2: Okay, all right. Well, at, at 13 songs, this is a serious endeavor. was this uh, was this years in the making.
4: I guess a couple of years. We finished it last year and we were mixing it and we just got a little bit behind for this Europe for this uh UK tour that I was doing. So that's why I did the EP. But basically, we wrapped it up at the end of last year, and then, okay. uh, you know, really gave it some time to release this year, so that there was a nice long ramp for promotion, basically.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad you 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 took the time to to do it because it is a fabulous album, and I want to play a, a just a ain't cut from up, one of the songs. This is Toxic Love. Ain't
1: got the need cause I got Baby, I got you I ain't got alcohol or anything me Ain't got no control of my thoughts and dreams but I got you
2: I, I just love the beat and 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 also the, the way your piano was so subtle at first and adds little flashes of gold to the guitar and the bass and then really cranks on. Was the timing hard to get right on that? When to weave in with the guitar and when to really crank the keys?
4: No, we were just just playing. You know, Mike Baird played drums on that, and like this groove is just so magic that you know it all really fell into place in a couple of takes.
2: Well, it it certainly sounds like it. Um, Now, now you wrote that with uh, Bob DeMarco. Is that correct?
4: Yeah. I pretty much had the song, and it was quite a different kind of song. It was like this kind of jazzy thing, same lyrics. And uh, he was like, you know, the music doesn't really match up to the lyrics. Lyrics are dark, and the music is kind of not dark. So we sat down and, Changed it into what it is now, basically.
2: Well, the the lyrics uh, in there, uh, dark as they are, are kind of current. Uh, I like the line in there that says, um, "I ain't got politics, I ain't got porn. If life's just dying slow, then I've been reborn because I got you." Yeah, I got you. Um, what was the inspiration for those lines and for the whole song?
4: I don't know. You know, uh, it's just a. It's basically a song about how you can turn anything into addiction. You know, it can be a person, you know, it can be anything bad for you can be turned into an addiction. It doesn't really (laughs) matter what it is. Like all of those things can, you know, can become an addictive thing that's not good for you.
2: But, you know, and a person uh, can too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, sometimes things that are good for you can turn into an addiction too.
4: Yeah, that's right. You, Basically, it's a list of all the ways you can self-destruct if you uh, <laughs>
2: if
4: you have a, if you have a, those kind of tendencies, which you know, which I
2: do. Um, don't we all? Uh, I wanted to yeah. ask you. Um, your your label is called Born Too Late. Music is, is that kind of an inside joke?
4: Oh, that's not my label. That's my publishing company. But I'm yeah, sorry. you know, I've always said I was. I said I was born too late. This, uh seems like everything I love happened before I was born. Most of my favorite <laughs> artists did. Not all, but many of them. Okay, all so, right. So, yeah, it's kind of an inside joke. And it was also the my last record was called, uh, not my last, two records ago, was uh, an album I did called Born Too Late. I basically, I mean, the, the boring minutiae is I switched over to a new uh performing rights organization. I had to ch- change the name of my publishing company, so that was it. Oh, okay.
2: Okay, all right. Well I want to play a little bit more of your music. Um uh again sort of darkish here. I'm not fine. Um it's it's is one I could listen to all day long You know, that, that song, um, at least to me, maybe not to you, but at least to me, it, it kind of sums up the way many of us uh, relate to each other, sort of feigned concern, polite lack of care, the social right, grease that, yeah. lu- that lubricates us. But but there are lyrics in there, and I listened to this song several times, and, and they ask an interesting question. They ask the question, you can stick with your illusions, or I can tell you everything. I'm not fine, thanks for asking. Um you know, anybody who tours like you do and produces as much as you do, you encounter thousands of people every year, most of whom you don't know and yet you, you depend on. Um are are you and they better off with your illusions that you just use the social grease and, and or
4: Yeah. I mean most people don't really want to know me, which is fun. You know, they should they should just enjoy <laughs> the work that I do. You know, the people the people that truly know me, you know, They, uh, they know I'm a handful. (laughs) It's plus I can't open myself up to everyone. That's the thing. It's exhausting. To uh, you know, I'm an introvert. I'm not. I know extroverted people who literally can interact with hundreds of people, all constantly, and have no, and it never wears them down. Like they just can't get enough of it. I I love people. I certainly appreciate my fans and and all that. But I. uh, I can only talk to people for so long before I'm just exhausted by the whole thing.
2: Well, well I hope uh, you and, can talk uh, for, for at least 20 minutes on the radio. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> we the don't other know thing
4: is, are. you know, they, people see you on stage, and they see, they see your life, and it looks pretty glamorous to them. And it really isn't. I would never sit and complain about it because it's a great job, you know. But it's nothing like anyone thinks it is. And even take away the performer part for any person. Their life is and nothing like people think it is. You know, it doesn't really just apply to me or to a person on stage or whatever. It, it, rep- it applies to everyone. I think everyone's surrounded by people who have misconceptions about them, and they would rather have those misconceptions because it makes everything go easier.
2: Well, I, I think you've expressed that very well in, in, in that song. Uh, we are talking with Bob Malone about his new EP Mojo Deluxe, which is now released and available in uh, worldwide. And you can talk with him. You can call us at three four seven. Right. You can call us. This, four... this
4: is the whole album.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. And you can email too. Uh, you can email at musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. And we do have some uh, some emails here for you, um, Ronnie in L A. Um, what is your Favorite keyboard instrument Do you prefer a real piano Or do you prefer electronics
4: I prefer a real piano Piano is my favorite instrument Of of them all And uh, Yeah I love to play okay. the piano I always have
2: well, we have uh, so several when can people. So I get
4: one, I always use it. Yeah.
2: We have several people here who uh, emailed in. They wanted to know: Did you f- originally learn to play the piano, and how old were you?
4: Yeah, I started. Uh, you know, I had classical training. Started when I was nine, and then uh, later on, I was corrupted by rock and roll, <laughs> like so many <laughs> other people.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah,
4: I had to, I had the full all the Yeah, you know, I had the whole thing. I can still play some Beethoven. <laughs> oh,
2: well, that, you know, I, I know a, a, another jazz singer, uh, Irene Diaz, who has the same trajectory as you do, um, studied 18 years in the classical piano and then discovered Etta James. And every now and then she sneaks some Beethoven into her uh, yeah. her act. And, and everybody loves it. So, you know. Yeah, I do might too. It I
4: always sneak <laughs> a little classical bit. Right and uh, people always do it.
2: Well, I know you're calling from so Texas. And
4: you're,
2: yeah, of course. Of course, that's what makes it fun. I know you're calling from from Texas, um and you're on tour. And I, I looked at your schedule this week. You you're in Houston tomorrow night, you're in Katy the next night, 2 days later you're back in Austin. You just added more dates. You get a few days off, then you go to Colorado and then you head out to uh, the UK and you've been doing this for 20 years. Where do you get all of this energy?
4: Oh. I don't know, people ask me that all the time. It's just my job. I don't I don't know anything else. So I'm not sure. Because uh you know, I think the most important thing about touring is uh is to try to pace yourself if you can. You know, I mean this year's been kind of extra busy. It's been it's been busier since the Fogerty gig came along five years ago. I've been doing both his tour and my tour, so it's made the schedule a lot more. Um, you know, it's been just one. It's just one thing after another, which is great. It's good to be working, but I've always tried to uh, have some balance between being home and being away. If you can go home even for a week or two and recharge your batteries, have a normal life at home for a second, you know, or a month or whatever, um, you know, it, it doesn't. It it makes it a lot easier to do this. And uh, you know, you have the energy. You really well, we start to lose the energy. You never get to go home.
2: Well, I've heard some some musicians I've had on the show say, um, uh, home is where the hotel is. Now, what city am I in? So I understand what <laughs> yeah, you mean. Yeah,
4: there's that too. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah right. I try not to let it get that bad, but sometimes it does.
2: Well, Placid in in Austin uh, has emailed to Austin, are you here? Where? When?
4: Oh, I'm at uh, I'm at the um, Saxon Pub on Tuesday at eight o'clock.
2: Tuesday the twenty second. Okay, you Saxon got that.
4: Pub. It's a legendary right. Saxon Pub. Yeah.
2: Pl- Placid, be there and bring all of your friends oh, with you because it's probably going to yeah, be a right. sold out. Bring
4: all your friends. Eight o'clock. Twenty second.
2: And get your tickets in advance because it's going to be uh, it's going to be sold out as as we both know. Well, here's a song that at first listen seems light years away from the high-energy, hard-rocking blues and R&D that you're known for. So let, let's listen to a little bit of uh, This is Paris. City of wonder City
1: I guess everything they say about this town is true. But Paris
2: is just another city. Well, the, the first thing that hit me about that song is just how true and, and wonderful your, your voice is. And the second thing that hit me is um, there's some lies in there. The dark crooked alleys and Parisian cobblestones don't hold much charm for the man who walks alone. I just can't wait to hang up my traveling shoes. Is that really true?
4: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) well, you know, it it, it was true at the moment. Okay. uh, Yeah. Whenever I'm away, I can't wait to be home. And when I'm home... I uh, I look forward to, be, to leaving again. You know, it's human nature, pretty much. <laughs> pretty but, yeah, know, in a way, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be home. It's going to be great. And the, the whole thing was about missing my wife, who usually comes to Paris with me, but on this trip, she didn't. The song came out of that. It's very romantic uh, there. It is. You're there with your loved one. But when you're there by yourself, it's totally different.
2: Yeah, it's no, you're are right. Pointing
4: out to you how you're alone, you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly so encapsulated that, that in the song beautifully. And as I listened to the album, that one just kind of glowed all by itself, and uh, I think it's wonderful. Oh, cool. Now, it's I, I, read, uh, I read about an incident in your life, which we can describe as the People's Democratic Republic of Iguanaland. Which, um, <laughs> oh, we have all these little, little minions around here who, who do research and bring me tidbits. And, and, and I wonder if you could, you, you know, yeah. I, I do. Well, yeah. Um But actually, what it is, is you're taking your time to talk to me. So we need to take our time to ask you intelligent questions, or at least think we are. Yeah. Um Do you want to tell us about the People's uh, Democratic Republic of Iguana land oh. and, and how well, it impacted your Iguana- career?
4: The Cafe was this really wonderful place in Los Angeles that uh, got it. But they closed, I guess, ninety four or something. I moved there. I moved there in ninety one, and you know I didn't really know and I knew two people, and and I had no gigs, and I just moved from the East Coast to L A. And I just stumbled upon this place, and I remember walking in, and it was open mic night. Now, open mic night is usually this thing where marginally talented people get up and sing and this was nothing like that. It was everybody who got up was super talented and it was just a scene there. It was all these great performers and this little room with books lining the walls and it was the iguana and it was uh, a great... And so I got up to this thing and everyone was really cool and I was not really cool and I went up and I did what at the time was probably the only... I'd been writing songs, but it was probably the first decent song I'd written. And I got up and played that, not really knowing if I had any validity, if that sort of thing or not. And I and I got up there and played the song. Everyone dug it, and I and uh, that to me it was like the, a, a really validating moment for me. And it, you know, in that place in the very beginning, early years of me being a young singer songwriter. Player in Los Angeles. It was a real, uh,
2: you know, did, uh, encouraging
4: did, place for me to be.
2: Did, did uh, the iguana impact your career? Did, is that what drew you to Los Angeles?
4: No, I didn't know about it or anything. I just it was in the. I just happened upon it when I got there.
0: It was nothing right. like
4: that. It was just I was in LA looking for a place to play, and uh, I just found it.
2: Oh, well, you know, and it was
4: very early on. And I'd been there maybe a couple of weeks.
2: So so why did you decide to settle in Los Angeles?
4: Well, because uh, it was warm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's a couple of reasons. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey and I was uh you know, and New York was the place where we cut our teeth as musicians and I was and I was living in Boston. I went to school up in Boston and uh Another New England winter was coming, and I just, uh, I was either going to go to New York or I was going to go to this magical place, Los Angeles, where, you know, that looked so great on TV. So I, I just basically took, and also my roommate and drummer in my band that had broken up was from California, and he was convincing me, got to move to, we got to move to California. We had to move to California. So we, uh, we were gonna move there. His girlfriend went out there a couple, you know, a couple of months before. Got an apartment, got a job. And the day before leaving, he called and says uh, he's not going. And he never went. Oh, but I went alone. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, we're, we're,
4: and my best friend was already out there too. He he'd come out. He'd gone out like a couple of years before.
1: Well, we're
2: was like we're Man, glad you did. Out here, it's great.
4: So yeah,
1: we're, we're so glad. Yeah.
2: You know, I I, know, I don't normally think of sun and surf and convertibles as as material for for blues, but obviously in your case it is. So we're 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 really glad. you yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> we're really glad you're here. Well, we're just about out of time, but I want to play a little bit of one other song, which I think. Well, let's just play a little bit of it and come back and talk. This is Don't Threat Me. I love the, the title and the, the old pitch of that song, of, Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time. Sounds like, a, sounds like L.A., right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was
4: uh, said to me by somebody there, and I'm yeah, like, there's a song. That must be fun to a song, yeah.
2: Well, unfortunately, before I, I, I start rhapsodizing about Los Angeles and how lucky we are to have you as part of it, I've got to say that we are, unfortunately, out of time. So I want to thank you so much for for taking a break. I know this is a really busy time for you, so thank you so much for taking a break to talk to us. Uh, ah, no really problem. Man. Thanks for having me on. Real quick, let's tell the people in Texas and all those people from Texas who've been emailing in where you're going to be tomorrow night and the following night.
4: Tomorrow I'm at the Red Brick Tavern in Conroe, which is you know Houston area. Sunday. Afternoon, I play at the Wildcatter Saloon in Katy, Texas. I'm not sure what that's going to be like. It sounds (laughs) interesting. And then Tuesday, I'll be at the Saxon Pub in Austin, Tuesday at 8. Okay. And and then I'm taking off. So, please, uh, come populate the seats at my games. I would love to see you all.
2: Yeah, these are probably going to be... And
4: they're all on BobAlone.com.
2: Okay, all right.
4: But you go to BobAlone.com it's all there.
2: All right, and your music is there too. So I, so everybody yeah, follow him every on Twitter, Instagram and bobalone.com. Thank you once again. We really appreciated the time and the great stories that you tell. Okay, we got to take a break right. We got to take a break right now and uh, when we return, uh Damien a- Ike is going to be with us, one of the UK's fastest rising pop stars. So don't go away. You're not going to want to miss this. We're back. This is Patrick O'Heffernan, your host on Music Friday Live. And uh, we would like to hear from you. So, bonus, 347 215 7511 or you can email us Music Friday Live on gmail.com. Word from our sponsor. we got a great sponsor, Solar City. You know, solar power is a huge win win for homeowners. But I know that a lot of you out there are reluctant to take the plunge into solar, you know, because of the upfront cost. Costs money. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out. They'll install the right solar system on your home for free. You only pay for the power you use. You know, just like the bills you get from the utility company, except they're a lot lower because the sun's making the energy for you. Solar City pays for the system. It ensures the system and maintains the system. All you have to do is enjoy the savings. So if you have decided you're not ready for solar, or you are ready for solar, but solar's not ready for you, it is now at City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you find out about it? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number, because I always do, so you have your pencil ready. 909 618 6937 that's 909-618-6937. When somebody picks up the phone there, tell them I sent you, and you will get a discount on your order. 909-618-6937. Well, I booked our next guest after listening to just one song. I tracked him down, found out that he was in London, but that he would be in New York for a short window of time, so I just had to have him on Music Friday Live. Now, for those of you who may not have heard of Damian Icke, he's an emerging star in the pantheon of uh, British homegrown talent, emphasis on the word talent. Damian Icke has already been featured on the British media, SBTV, BBC One Extra, Indie Shuffle, many, many other outlets. He's recently released his first online single, uh, Kingdom Come, which placed at number three on the Hype Machine music chart. Well, he's in New York now, and I think it's time to introduce him more broadly to American audiences, which I am proud to do right here on Music Friday Live. Damien, welcome to Music Friday Live.
0: Hello. How are you?
2: I'm good, and
0: I'm even better now that I'm hearing your voice. Oh, that's good. Thanks for having me.
2: Sure. Now, I understand that that, that this is not your first time in the U.S., but this is your first time playing here. Where are you playing
0: uh, so I'm not playing here. I'm actually just writing and recording out here, but it's my first time doing any sort of music thing out in New York. Okay. All right. Too bad it just, we, you just disappointed all of our New York listeners. <laughs> who are, I'm who sorry. we were
2: checking the schedule at Joe's Pub
0: and saying, when is he going to be on? All right. No, no. Okay. Ho- hopefully um, early next year, I'll p- probably be doing some shows in New York and L.A.
2: Okay. Oh, good. Mm. Well, what – why are you here? What, what, what do you hope will happen on on this trip? Uh, you know, so, some uh, people some people say you should get at least a full album out on the UK charts before you uh, tackle the huge American music market. But it sounds like you're here because you've got a good producer. And re- Is that true?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm, luck- I'm. I've been lucky with the music going well in the UK. That some of the like the music execs out here have heard it. And- Wanted to meet with me and um, set me up with some of their producers and songwriters and stuff like that. So it's it's been really good. It's it's different. I've never really worked with any American producers or songwriters um, to do co-write and stuff like that. Um, it's always been quite British based. So it's interesting to um to come over and see what it's all about and. I may not use the songs that we work with that I, we I write out here, but it's just always great to have that experience and say that I was able to come over here and work with some of the best songwriters and producers in America, really.
2: Well, we are good, but as you found out, we talk funny. Um, <laughs> based, <laughs> based on your your first online uploaded song, you should have little trouble getting noticed. So I, w- I want to play a, a little bit of, of that song. Here's Don't the. So play
1: like everything I've ever known, you're disappearing all alone. If you can be my broken bones, oh, you my home. So kingdom come home.
2: I love the introduction to to that song, and I love how it sets up your lyrics and and, and evolves into a very sophisticated pop am- pop anthem. Now, did you oh, construct you. that? Did you construct that from layered tracks, or is there a full band back there, or both?
0: Uh, so it's a bit both. Um, I initially had all the. I tend to really. Hone in on lyrics, that's my thing. So I had all of the pretty much all of the lyrics before I got to the sessions with the two guys. And then we kind of worked on melody together, and they had somewhat of what they thought the track would sound like. They, we knew it would be quite tribal and quite heavily percussive. Um, but once we'd kind of vocalized the whole song, most of it came together afterwards.
2: Well, you, you mentioned that the heavily percussive, um, and I, I'm—I got to say, I'm really impressed with the drumming. I also—I I studied cajones, so I've got a little bit of an ear oh, for drum. Uh, right. I just study it. I didn't say I could play it. Um <laughs> <laughs> right, at least not in public where people can hear. See, uh, <laughs> but I'm very impressed with the way in which you arrange the drumming on that song. The, the the percussion, first of all, it moves from side to side, takes full advantage of the stereo spectrum, and it really keeps the listener on her toes. Now. Who is the drummer, and was it hard to arrange and produce something that sophisticated?
0: Um, Yeah. Do you know what? It's even harder to play it live (laughs) than it is to play it on track. Um, I bet. I worked with a guy called Lost Boy and a guy called j Mac, who they produced the track, and they played all the instruments on there. Um, They're super talented, multi-instrumentalist. We just took great inspiration from bands like Tears of Fears and Talk Talk, and more Africanized, like Feta Kuti, and uh, it just—it was just something I was really passionate about, and I knew I wanted the tracks to be really percussive, lots of drums, and just have that anthemic feel to it. Well,
2: well since you, you mentioned Africanized, I know that your last name, Ike, is actually a shortened form of, I'm probably going to not say this right, uh, Ikichua. I get that it right.
0: Cool. Close, close close I've had words. Close. Words. Okay, all right.
2: <laughs> which, which is a traditional uh Nigerian Igbo name and it yep. bears the the meaning of God's power. Now, yeah. I I I've, I've been to West Africa and it, and West Africa for those who don't know is a music powerhouse. I mean, everybody has a, a CD they want to sell you. And they're often really, really good, right? And it used, used to be the home of the festival, of The Sands, where thousands of musicians all came together. Um, so, how, do you have roots still in uh, Nigerian music or West African music?
0: Not really, but my family are quite heavily into music. Um, my parents were. Um, were born in Nigeria and then they moved to the UK um, and had me there, but we're quite a traditional Nigerian family, so we listen to a lot of Nigerian music. Um, it's still heavily in me, the culture. So, um, But I wouldn't say that any any of my family members were like big Nigerian papayas or anything like that. But
2: They weren't you even li- local.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you listened uh, to uh, West African music or Nigerian yeah. music as you were growing up?
0: Yeah, a uh, fellow uh-huh. who obviously is a um, not just in Africa, all around the world, it's, uh an amazing inspiration to people. And he really honed he really that kind of African pop sounding. You, see, you, you saw it 10, 15 years ago with people like Paul Simon and mm-hmm. to more modern day artists. Now you're, you're kind of hearing it in things like Florence and The Fowls and even to an extent certain Coldplay records. Um, oh, yeah. It's that kind of feeling of being overwhelmed, but yet it's just really anthemic and tribal, and there's lots going on at once. So yeah. that, that's something we try to capture in my music.
2: Well, you 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 do it, but you do it in a very sophisticated way and, and oh. uh, it, for modern audiences, although w- there are, at any given day, there's probably five or six West African uh, bands touring the United States. Uh, so they, there's it. an audience with that here, yeah. Well, um, you said your influences, you mentioned a couple of them, Um, Amy Winehouse, Kanye West, Peter Gabriel, Adele, Coldplay, etc., a wide variety. Have you ever played with any of the artists who inspire you?
0: No, I think I think I'll probably pass that. If, if I ever met Adele, I think I would. Uh, I've worked with people who have worked with Adele. I've worked with songwriters who've worked with Adele. The first thing I do is ask them about them. Ask them about Adele. I'm not even interested in them. I'm kind of just like, so what did you guys have for lunch and what did you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're kind of thinking at me like he's slightly weird. is st- stalking. Good the thing they don't leave their phone about because probably will take up take their number out, a number out of their phone. Probably wouldn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I've just always been inspired by her. I think she's just amazing. Um, there's a real pure essence to her songwriting where it's I think sometimes when you songwrite you can you, you don't want to be that personal, so you tend to use metaphors and um be ri re- you're not you're not absolutely hitting the point as to what you want to say. Whereas with her, she's so real, she tells you exactly what she's going through, which is I think is the most difficult quality to put because at the end of the day, in her case, millions of people are going to listen to it and in that moment you're telling them everything. I don't know, it's just something I think is just so amazing and something I hope that I can recreate in my music as well.
2: Well, I have a feeling that that, that, that's a possibility. Now, when you perform live, um, who's the band? Who's on stage with you?
0: It's a production. There's so many of us. So including me, there's six of us. We have a drummer, a percussionist, a keys, bass, guitar. Oh, wait, wait. and then can I
2: stop you right there? Can I stop you right there? A drummer and a percussionist? Do you have drummer two people and a
0: percussionist. banging on things? Two, it's so loud. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> so loud. Um, and then we also, and then to topping off, the keys player, he also has a little percussive thing on his side. It's like a little tom and an electric drum pad. Um, it's a lot going on, it's, and it's really hard for us. Like, we've been doing quite a few support shows in London. Uh, we supported Mickey Echo. In London, um, I don't know if you know Ricky. Um, he did the he did the song with Rihanna. I mean, amazing talent, talent. And our band is so big. There's like like I said, there's six of us. So I was so grateful for him to allow us to, to open for him because it's logistically it's a nightmare to get that many people on stage off stage in 30 minutes.
1: and have wow. him on. <laughs> okay.
2: Alright. Well, <laughs> what stages does this nightmare take place on? Where, where have you played?
0: Oh, so we've only done one show. Um, we did the one Mickey Echo show. And then, we're, we're, like I said, just because we're trying to make sure we hit it right. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a tendency to kind of, especially in London, to overplay. And it, 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 we're just trying to make sure we, we, we line it up correctly. We've got another release coming out in November. Um, so we're, we're going we're gonna to put a few shows around there. And then we're hoping to do some shows in New York, L.A. Um, next year.
2: Well, when you come to LA, you have to be, have to be really careful you don't overplay because there's about 300 venues in this town to, to play in. So. But, <laughs> <All> <laughs>
0: right. Matt, I've, heard, I've got a few friends who have played out in LA, and it always tastes amazing.
2: It is, which is why which is why there's so many uh, musicians here. Well, um, you've also released a, um, a second single called Even in War. Kind of a powerful statement. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little I bit. I don't suffer
1: no. Nothing
2: Uh, again, very sophisticated arranging, very sophisticated uh, percussion, very sophisticated writing. You're really a, a standout songwriter. Um, oh, you, thank do, you. Do you. Do you do you hear those arrangements in your head as you write, or do you start with the arrangements and the sound and let them dictate the lyrics, or you know how does this work?
0: No, I like I start with the lyrics. I think sometimes you can get so lost in oh, this sounds cool and this sounds amazing and this sounds african or this sounds tribal and then you have some shit lyrics you have some terrible lyrics and um in this case well, in my case i always just try and really hone in on what i'm trying to say what emotion i'm trying to create and try and be really specific with the lyrics and go I just, like like I, I mentioned back with adele i really want people to know what exactly i'm feeling and I, I don't know that's just for me it's the most the lyrics are the most important and then we kind of structure the song and then we work on all the Core brownie points afterwards.
2: When you say we, who is the we that's doing the song structuring?
0: So I work with um, like um, a guy called Lost Boy and J Mac. So I tend to do most of the lyrics before I come to the session with those two boys, and then we sit down and kind of come up with some kind. Of, they they normally come up with some kind of beat or something, and then we we will structure that, and then we'll start playing everything live, so like guitar, bass, keys, drums. Then we track everything, and then. I'll I always lay the vocal. We'll put like a rough vocal down just to guide us, and then we'll I'll lay the whole thing down like a week later once I kind of learn the track.
2: Is there a, a lot of experimentation, or are you you really get it in just one or two or three one takes? Or or
0: um, do, you mean, do you mean in terms of the the writing or the vocaling?
2: Um, well, let's start with the writing.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm quite I'm quite hard on myself. Um, in, in, there's a fine line of being truthful and there's a, a fine line of telling too much. And sometimes I'll write something and go, Oh, that's too much. I think that nobody needs to know that. So I'll cross that one and the boys will be like, no, that's really good. But I'll be like, no, it's, it's about me at the end of the day. It's not about them. They're people are not going to go, Oh yeah, J Mac. People are going to go Damien said X, Y, Z. So if I feel like if it makes me uncomfortable, Nine times of ten is probably a good lyric, but it's a question of how uncomfortable it makes me. And then in terms of the actual music and vocalizing, we tend to go back and forth. It'll be we should do this. Maybe we should go, we should go up an octave or we should. Lots of different ideas. We bounce across each other. I'm, I'm a bit more open to collaborative on that side. Whereas with the, with the lyrics, I'm kind of like, it needs to be about this. This needs to be the lyrics.
2: We're talking with uh, Damien Ike, who's um, currently holed up in New York uh, doing a little uh, recording. Uh, he's from London originally. You can talk with him. You can call in at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email us live at gmail dot com. Musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. And Damien, I we are getting emails. People want to know more about you. Mostly, not we're much. Getting, well, not mostly, but we are getting some. Some emails from uh, New York, and I'm going to read one of them. This is from Maxi, and Maxie's saying, "What? You're in New York, and you're not playing here? Come on!"
0: <laughs> I know. It's so funny because I was. Is Mercury Lounge is that in um in, in New York?
2: Yeah, yeah, she's in New York.
0: No, no, I'm saying the Mercury Lounge is that in um New
2: York? Yeah, that Merc Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. the
0: Mercury Lounge is in New York. Big place. Yeah. Somebody was telling me about it. Like, I met one of the promoters over there, and they were just saying, oh, It's a really good venue. You should you should definitely come and play it. So I was like, I'll take a note and pass it on to my manager over in New York. Hopefully, Max, if you can come, we can come down and play there or play somewhere. Okay.
2: Well, no, the, the Mercury Lounge is, is, is a very good place. There's a little cluster of um, of venues uh, in that part of New York, and I haven't been there in a long time, so I'm just sort of thinking about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can do that. So, so, um, so, so watch the, the the dates in the Mercury Lounge and uh, we'll see how it is. How long going to be in, in town?
0: Uh, so I'm here. To, I've been here pretty much two weeks now. So I'll be here till the end of September. So it would have been a month in total.
2: Okay. Well, good. All right. So you get a little yeah. little taste of a uh, little taste of fall. Um, Monica <laughs> in in Miami says your music sounds a little bit Cuban. Is there a little bit of? A, Cuban influence in your beats? Of course, she would say that. She's from Miami.
0: No. My best friend's Cuban. I don't know if she rubbed off on me. <laughs> That's about <laughs> as far as it goes. Uh, no. That's the first time I've ever heard that, but I love that. I'm glad I'm glad people think that.
2: All right. Now you're going to go listen to some Cuban music, huh?
0: I'm going to go listen to some Cuban music now.
2: Okay. Okay. Um. You 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 might check out um, uh, Elston Torres who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um,
0: Elston Torres, okay. Elston I'll
2: check Torres, out. yeah. Um, two-time Grammy nominee. He knows what he's doing. Um, oh uh, wicked! Ronnie in um, uh, in in L.A. wants to know what kind of drums do you have? Are they hand drums, or is there a full drum kit, or do you lo- do lots of different kinds of things?
0: Um, it's lots of different kind of things. So when we play live, it's um, a, a full drum kit. But then we also have like um, track drums for like so certain things that we can't play live. So and that's all played for like um, track and uh, a drum pad. We um, we have a
2: number of emails here that that essentially say the same thing. So I'm going to distill you know, <laughs> them, and that is your conversation about uh, not wanting to get too personal in your lyrics and. Uh, and many of these emails are pointing out that that's what singers are doing now, and that's what they're becoming famous for—is getting really yeah. personal in their lyrics. And and you know, I would ask, are you going to be are you going to counter trend that, or do you think eventually it's going to engulf you, and you're just going to have to tell everything?
0: No, I think I think I'm quite personal with my lyrics, but it's, there's always a line. of How far do you go with that? And you, you, you can hear you hear Del and Winehouse talk about it all the time that sometimes they they have to sit down and go that's too much I'm giving away too much because um, at the end of the day you have to live with it you have to hear in in, in cases like that you have to hear that record everywhere and say for example you've been in a bad relationship and you speak about it in, the, in in this record and you go too far you have to hear that every single day wherever you go so it's just a fine line but I, I like to think I'm really honest in my music Kingdom Come is to me is so pure and so honest. Um, but yet I think it, it strikes right on the fine line of I, I it doesn't I haven't gone too far. There's there's nothing in there but my mum's gonna be like, Damien, are you sure you should have said that or embarrass my family or embarrass my friends, You know what I mean
2: <laughs> Of course a lot of people <laughs> are able to write lyrics that are so coded that only a very few people actually know what they are. Well you mentioned exactly. King and Common. I was gonna ask you about this. Uh it, it you know, that's obviously a, a a biblical reference. What is the it doesn't sound like a biblical song or a gospel song. Yeah. What what was the genesis of that? What's the inspiration there?
0: Well I I always try and get, come up with different names for songs. I, I feel like we as artists we tend to write the same songs we just, we're, it just we just do it in a different way. We tell the same story in a different way, and it's a, it's a story of just really being yourself, and how that no matter whatever you go through in life, that nobody really will know you better than you know yourself. So you really do have to have your own back, and the best place that you feel relaxed and you feel the true your true authentic self is at home, and that and that's why I say kingdom come home. Really come home and be the person you want to be.
2: Okay, and that's stri- pretty
0: much what the song's about.
2: I, I like, that, like that. There's a
0: spiritual element in there. Spe- yeah, of course. There.
2: Now, uh, I have uh, seen or uh, read that you have called your music big and in your face, but emotive. Um, yeah. You like to use an- anthemic uh, choir sounds or backup singers. You yep. are, are as as are you sitting at when you're sitting at the the the, uh, the board with your earphone your headphones on. You're listening to the takes. Is one of the question that goes through your mind? Will this create that that feeling of big space and power?
0: Yeah, no, definitely, a hundred percent. Sometimes I have to I have to say to myself, maybe we should rein it in. It's too big because um, sometimes it becomes, it becomes it becomes so big that all it is is noise. You lose that kind of hair standing moment or pimple raising moment. I mean, it just becomes actual noise, and it's like too much. But then there's a fine line to the point where it's like, it's spiritual, it's bold, it's kind of like, do you know that feeling you get when you stand at the edge of a cliff? And you're just like, not that I've ever done that before, but <laughs> I envision that feeling would be, it's just kind of something bigger than yourself, bigger than that moment. And that's kind of the, what we try and create with the music. Just really some something that kind of transports you from just listening to a record. You kind of you start thinking about Where's my relationship going? Where's my life going? Where's just all these different things? I really hope that people take that with them when they're listening to the records.
2: Well, I did. um, And, you know, I could be listening to it now, so it would take take me away from the the sounds of New York City that we're hearing in the background (laughs) there. All right. Now, you you have an outstanding song on the charts in in the UK. And, you know, pardon my saying this, but you're following a well-worn path to the United States. But the U.S. (laughs) particularly Los Angeles, is famous for top producers, many of whom, frankly, have decamped from London. And British artists like, say, Athena, who was on the show last week, come here to produce um, and work with producers here. Now, you're doing that now in New York. Do you see yourself coming back and producing an entire album here in the U.S. for the U.S. market or for the world market?
0: Uh, Maybe. Um, The thing with me, I think is you can hear I'm British when you sing, when you hear the music. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, People always say when you sing, you lose your accent, you lose your, um, but it doesn't seem to happen with me. When I sing, you can pretty much hear that I'm from London. Well, I think you can anyway. Everyone told me that. Um, So it would have, I think even if I came to America to produce my album, I I like think it would still sound British. Um, It would still sound like a British artist. Um, So that's what I'm hoping as long as I don't mind where I make it, whether it's in L.A., New York, because, you, like I said, and like you've mentioned, there's so many amazing, talented people producing songwriters in the world, but most yeah. of them are based here in America. And if they can make me the best album, but yet yeah, I still keep what,
2: Well, potentially, essentially
0: uh, Damien I, would be great.
2: Well, we hope to see you here. Unfortunately, we, uh, we've we been having too much fun because we're out of time. <laughs> so Damien... I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I know you're busy, so we really appreciate it. And uh, real quick, in the minute we have uh, 30 seconds we have left, where should people go to uh, get your music?
0: So I'm all on social media. So, uh, and it's Damien Ike. So it's spelled Damien, uh, D-A-M-I-E-N-I-K-E. And it's on SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Everett, all those it's everything. All those things. Okay.
2: Okay. Well, thank you uh, so much for being with us. Uh, Damian I keep keep your eye on this guy. He's going places on both sides of the Atlantic. Follow him on social media. Well, you've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and you'll get updates on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen, our program director is Jason Bartlebin, our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs as podcasts, and I know a lot of you do, at blogtalkradio.com. Now, we're going to take our final vacation of the year next week, so we're not going to be on the air next week. When you tune in, you'll get a classic Music Friday, one that you may have missed before and you're really glad to hear, so go ahead and tune in, but it won't be me, you won't be able to call up and and harass me um we'll we're going to return to the air october 2nd check our twitter stream and our facebook page and we'll update you on the guests we're working on some one very special guest so so keep uh keep track of us on uh on social media in meantime have a great musical weekend we're going to leave you with out of head which is a nice little song that features our last guests
1: Damien? You spend all your days breaking down. Won't go out today still laying down. If I call you again, will you make a sound? So get... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.